Today we begin Masechus Kilayim, which is a great Masechta. It's actually a very, very, very difficult Masechta. Um, and what makes it difficult is that the exact definitions in the, in the Masechta are not so clear. We'll do what we can. We'll see. It's, a, it's a hard Masechta. Some people I've spoken to say it's the hardest Masechta of all, in that respect. It's just hard to piece all the, all the principles together. And many were shown them, like the Rosh had similar sentiments. So, okay, we've got to work it out for us. In any case, if you're paying attention to the Kriyasatora yesterday, so in Kitaitse, so that's really got the, the bulk of the mitzvahs of Kilayim. In total, there are only two places in the Torah that mention Kilayim for a total of, of four psukim. Four psukim for all of Kilayim. Um, one pasuk is in Vayikra, and then uh, three psukim are in, are in Devarim, yesterday's Kriya. And that's the whole thing. So one pasuk says, Eschukosai Tishmaru, guard my chukos, a chok being a, a mitzvah that doesn't have, that's um, not a principle that can be extrapolated to elsewhere, rather it's a particular, particular rule that you know, seems perhaps arbitrary to us, not something you would, you would intuit on your own. The passage continues on, lo you can't cross-breed species, like uh, yeah, two, two, two animals can't be cross-bred, Sad, two different species. Sad You can't plant your field uh, with these mixed species. That would mean, meaning uh, forbidden any, any mixed, two, like uh, wheat and barley together, something like that. You can't plant them together. And a garment of shotness, which it doesn't define here, um, but it will define in the varm. It's wool and linen woven together. You can't wear. Well, actually, it doesn't say wear. It says it shouldn't go upon you. And we'll actually contrast that in the Masechta with Silbash wearing proper. So that first Pasuk and Vikra has like three themes to it, if you will. The animal theme, cross-breeding animals. The, I'll call it the plant theme, not mixing species, plant cross-planting. And the clothing theme, if you will, wearing the forbidden mixture of wool linen. Then yeah. that's, that's all in Vikra. One Pasuk, you test, you test. And in Devarim, um, in Chavbeis, we have three Pesukim. It says, Lo Sizra... Don't plant your vineyard with kilayim. This is now another category. It will be called kilay hakerem, forbidden <coughs> mixtures in a, in a vineyard. Pentiktash hamalea hazera asher tizra tuos hakerem. Lest what, what grows in the vineyard and also the grain you plant there um, will become forbidden. Tiktash, yeah, forbidden. So this is a different category. It's planting in a vineyard. The truth is it's quite... Um, interesting, you'll see our Masechta spent a lot of time, probably the most time of anything, in defining the vicinity around the grapes or the vineyard where you may not plant um, other grains or greens. Um, but it's, in our Masechta, it will sound like we're talking about planting wheat near the vineyard. But in the Gemara, it seems to talk about planting, because if you look at the puzzle, I'll read it again to you in a second. Kilayim, we had in the, Kilayim was mixed species, like wheat and barley together. So it sounds, and the Gemara seems to learn that way, and that it's wheat and barley and a grape seed together. Like wheat and barley together in the vineyard. So I'll say that again because it's not intuitive at all. The Pasuk reads, Lo karmacha kilaim. You shouldn't plant kilaim in your vineyard. So the way that our Masechta and the Mishnayas will learn that, it means you shouldn't plant foreign species like wheat or barley in or around the vineyard. Like one, not no wheat 
in the vineyard. But since kilaim already meant like a mixture of forbidden mixture, so the way the Gemara seems to learn it is a mixture of wheat and barley, let's say, or any two mixed species, shouldn't be planted in a vineyard. Different. You hear the difference? Like, you know, it's, is, there, is it just wheat and grapes, or is it wheat and barley with the grapes? Strange. That makes, that's one of the great difficulties in the whole Masechah. In any case, um, that's that. But the difference, one thing's for sure. Kilai HaKerem, forbidden mixtures in and around the grapes, the vineyard, um, is pentikdash, lest it become forbidden. So it's an iser hanai, it has to be destroyed. All that food gets destroyed. Um, as opposed to um, other kilai, which is not quite the case. Which we'll go back to. Yeah, if, you, if you grow wheat in a vineyard, so the, all the vineyard, is, is, has, all the vines around the grains is all has to be burned. Really? Yeah. Kilai kerem is quite severe. One of the few history well, so it's quite severe there. But like you said, other things you literally they get missed. Yeah, exactly. Other things like if you have cross breed animals, for example, from the previous pasuk, you know, like uh, you make a mule, let's say the mules, you can get benefit. You can own the mule, or if you cross, it's, we didn't, I didn't mention cross um, cross breeding like a grafting trees. I'll get to that in a second. But anyways, you're not allowed. To, but in summary, you can't do it. But you can eat the whatever weird you know things come off these. Crossbred, tangelos and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Nectarine. Nectarine, oliva. Yeah, we'll come back to that in a second. Just I'm saying the pesukim now. Um, so that's the first pasuk in Devarim. The second pasuk says losacharosh. Losacharosh. Veshor uvechamor yachtav. This is a new thing. So this will be the fifth and final of the of the mitzvahs. This is a separate animal-related kilai mitzvah of plowing. Uh, with uh, the pasuk specifies a shore. A, an ox and a chamor, a donkey together. So you can't, the Pusik says, you can't harness up your ox and your donkey together to pull the plow. Okay? And finally, I'll come back to that more. And finally, the last Pusik says, you can't wear shotness, which we said already once before, but before I said it before, in, in Vayikra it said, it shouldn't come upon you. Here it says, here it says, which is you can't wear it. So the difference in wearing and coming upon you. We'll discuss that in the Masech at the end. Semer Pishtum Yachtav, and it defines what shotness is. It's Semer, which is wool from a, we'll see, like sheep wool, and Pishtun, which is flax, which is made into linen. So linen and wool together, woven together, is, uh, is forbidden as shotness with the Fine. So those, that's the whole, those are the Pesukim. That's all you got to work with in the, in the Torah. So it'll come out then that you have five mitzvahs, Five, five mitzvahs, all of which are, are losase, all of lavin, the provisions in the Torah. Um, regarding plants, you have two. You have kilai zraim and kilai hakerim. So kilai zraim is the prohibition of planting two different species together, wheat and barley, for example. Um, kilai hakerim is planting grains or greens in the vicinity of the grapes. Okay? So it's two different things. Kilai zraim and kilai hakerim. Kilai zraim forbidden to do, forbidden to keep, but the, but doesn't become usher if it happens to have done that way. Uh, whereas kilai hakerim, it all becomes usher. You have to usher bahana. You can't can't keep it. Um, there's no mention at all. If you, so, let me actually say the taxonomy, if you will, of the agricultural agricultural taxonomy of, of the Torah. You have trees. Okay, so there's a bit, an eighth. We know a tree. So lahalacha, anyway, the definition of a tree is that it has permanent, a permanent, like a, I'll call it a trunk, for lack of a better term, but a permanent stock that comes, and it produces fruits year after year. So most understandings, it has a woody stem. So it's a, a woody stem, and then that stem produces vines, which have perennial production, repeating production of, of the fruit. That's a tree. 
Okay? We discussed this a little bit in Brachos, because it gets a little funny. Things like uh, strawberries, for example. Strawberries, they're small, but they do produce year after year on the same plant, the same stock. So our sita is like, uh, Rabbeinu Yonah holds that it's a very pretty eight, you would say, on strawberries, for example. Okay? But anyways, Lalacha conventionally, you want to have like a three tefachai woody stem, they're produced. That's a tree. Um, then you have other kinds of peros that don't grow on a priha eight or priha adama. They're fruits, if you will, that grow on the, on the ground. They're fruiting bodies and you eat the fruit itself. So that would be things like a melon. Um, yeah, so let's not discuss bananas. Okay? They're, they're, they're going to confuse us for today. Forget bananas. I mean, they're fruits, but I don't want to discuss that. But other things like a tomato. A tomato and a cucumber and a, and a melon. But things that grow on the ground, they're fruits. that they, They're not growing on a... They're growing on a plant that comes... A new plant has to be planted every year and so. Okay. <clears throat> Those are all peros. Then you have something called tavua. Tavua is grain. <clears throat> Cereals. Okay? So the... In normal... Outside of... Kilim is quite agricultural, like botanical, technical in nature. But normally, when we talk about tavua, we really are... Like in brachos and matzah and stuff... We're usually referring to the chameshus minet dagan, the five species of grain. When it's in the shibolet, in the stalk, it's called tavua, grain. I don't know, those in English doesn't exactly translate. Tavua is in the stalk. Once it's been um, threshed and winnowed, so it's now the kernels of grain, then it's called dagan. Okay? So wheat can be tavua if it's like in the stalk. Once you thresh it, you separate from the stalk and you, and you winnow it, you basically have little grain kernels, you know, then it becomes called dagan. Okay? But in any case, so there's chameshet mine dagan, the five important staple grains, which are chitmus orim, kusmin, kusamet, shibolet shol, and shifon, what will come over here, okay, which are basically wheat, barley, kusamet will translate as spelt, shibolet shuol will translate as oats, and shifon will translate as rye. Okay, fine. Um, those are, your, those are significant in the other areas of halakha. But there are other tvuos that aren't from the chamishas mini dagon, um, which are not so interesting to us, but they grow. Like, um, uh, things like millet, if, you, if you're familiar with that, or and sorghum, other, 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 not very interesting, but there are other cereals. There are plenty of cereals floating around out there. Grains, for, for the record, from a botanical point of view, grains are basically our grasses. The grasses, okay? And what you do is you take the seeds from those grasses and you, you dry and grind them and make them into a flower. There's another category which is important, which is called, uh, um, um, sorry, kidneyos. So kidneyos are plants that are cultivated, but you don't eat the plant and you don't eat the fruit, you eat the seeds, okay? So those would be things that, 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 like rice is a good example, but also beans and peas, legumes, often translated as legumes, um, because the thing is you're growing it to eat the, the seed. And those are called kidneyos. Um, so if you think about it, by the way, kidneyos and tavua really overlap, yeah, because it's all the same thing, of course, you're growing, you're growing your wheat to get the wheat kernels, but tavua is promoted to be significant in as much as it, it makes, um, those five kamisha dagan are significant because it makes bread. For what it's worth, sort of beyond the scope right now, we'll discuss some succum. You can't really make bread proper, like risen bread out of other materials. They don't have, they don't have gluten inside of them, and therefore, like, if you try to make cornbread, if you try to make rice bread, it's not quite the same. It's more just like, or, or you know, potato flour bread. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't rise, okay, for technical reasons. It doesn't, 
there's a molecule or two molecules called gluten and gliadin that make like um, this, the proteins that give the thing structure when it ferments, that it has, it stays, it stays, it doesn't like fall down on itself. Okay, in any case, sort of not relevant for lime. So that's, that's, that's kidney oils. And then finally you have um, urocos. Urocos are greens. Those are things you grow for the plant. So you're, you're like lettuce or parsley or, I don't know, or chicory and that kind of stuff. You're eating the actual plant. Let the text on in the Torah. So when I'm going to, I'll refer to grains and greens. What I mean is tavua and urocos. Okay, and those are what you can't plant inside the, the, the vineyard. Um, the Torah prohibited from adding mixed seeds together. According to pretty much everyone, the seeds we're talking about are, are tavua, grain seeds, or legumes, kidney oil seeds, or even, um, yeah, or if, yeah, that you can't plant together. Most everyone understands this doesn't apply to seeds from trees, which are usually bigger anyways. In other words, so um, if you have like an apricot, like to plant a wheat kernel and an apricot pit together would not be a problem with kilayim. Or for that matter, taking an apricot and a peach pit or apricot and a peach sapling, whatever it is, and plant them together. All those are not a problem. It doesn't apply to trees. So, so the trees and what we will call fruits, like you know, tree fruit, doesn't, doesn't have an issue of kilayim. However, however, so right, all these said, I'm just now recursing. In the plant family, we only have two Isra Deraisa. Planting the species together, Kilai Israim, and planting a grain or a green in a vineyard, Kilai Hakara. That's it. However, because, period. However, aside from the, that's from the Tariyag Mitzvahs, however, because the Pasuk said, back in your test of, of Vayikra, it said, um, kilayim, and kilayim. It, in the same Pasuk conflates cross-mating, cross-breeding animals and planting, cross-planting seeds. There's another Isser learned out, which is a Doraisa Isser, but not one of the Tariyag Mitzvahs, of um, grafting trees. Okay, grafting trees. So grafting trees is forbidden from the Torah, but not one of the Tariq mitzvahs, an unusual scenario, okay? Because it's sort of, it's a halfway between those two, if you will. So grafting, which we'll come back to in the Masechta many times, is um, you take the stalk from one tree, like the, the root, the, the, the trunk, and you take the top half, if you will, of the other plant, and you would, you typically, there's a few ways to do it technically, but just think of one simplest way. Basically, dig a V-shaped wedge out of the bottom of the trunk, and then you like, you know, concave, you put like the convex V-shaped wedge, if you will, and, and, you know, of the other plant, you stick them together and bind it, and they, they'll actually combine. And so you can make a tangelo and a pomelo and a, all these weird things. Actually, not a pomelo, a pomelita and stuff like that. Whatever, all these weird things. Okay. Animals, only to animals. The, po- t- the puzzle has no mention of, of trees. Where are you reading from? Oh, well, there's a comma there, Kilo. So it says, Behem tchalos sarbiya kilayim. Don't crossbreed your animals, comma. And sadcha lo sizra kilayim. Don't plant your sadecha, your, your field in kilayim. Two separate things. But, but, yeah, but what is that referring to the lost The explicit reference is during the planting barley and wheat together. In the, in the, in the, but because they're smushed together, we have don't cross breed animals, don't cross plant seeds, and since they're like smushed together, we understand also don't cross what is it, graft trees. Okay, fine. Good, so that's that. So that's so we said there are five. So the first two are got through the plants. I said this around to all of you, by the way, so you'll have it, I'm sure. I'm just reading off my notes that I made this morning. Um, with animals, you have two separate prohibitions. You have the cross breeding, that means mating. 
Sarbia means like to. In animal husbandry, they oftentimes like people like they force they physically force animals to to mate to put them together. So it was, that would be the iser, by the way. In other words, leaving. You know, I don't know what the a, a mule is a what is a donkey and a horse, right? So if you have that donkey and horse and they mate, that that you didn't do anything wrong, you didn't do anything. They they did it themselves, so to speak. But so tarbia means like you put them together. Um, so that would be the iser of the crossbreeding, um, and then the the iser of there's a separate separate iser of the shore and the chamor working together. Um, that's cross. I don't know what the word is for that. That's that's harnessing two animals and, and then them working pulling something together. I don't know how that's a fancy word for that in English, but working two species simultaneously. The, the other mitzvahs in Kilaim all seem to be fairly chok-like. Like, if you ask me, why can't you wear shahanas, or why can't you plant seeds, or why can't you plant the vineyard? The answer is, I don't know. God, God said so, and this, he wants order in his world. That's the gist of it. But when it comes to the working of the animals simultaneously, there's, there's, an, uh, beside, there's an obvious rationale to that, and it sort of forms part of the Constellation of animal protection or animal sympathy, animal sensitivity mitzvahs. Because if you, if you, I don't know if you how familiar you are. I'm not really with cows and with donkeys. But if you a cow is a big strong animal, a donkey is not a strong animal. So if they're harnessed up together, and the poor little donkey has to keep up with the big cow, it's going to be pretty miserable for it. Right? It's not fair. They're, they're mismatched. Not the same weight class. So the idea is that by cross working the animals, there's an obvious time of the cross, obvious rationale that it's really rough on a weaker animal, okay? Well, the slower animal order of the story, maybe. Be the other case, what's really fascinating, really fascinating, is that um, it's, this iser is very general, meaning it's not just about cows and donkeys. If you're running the Iditarod and you harness a wolf and a dog to your sled, you're over the love, just the same. Nothing to do with, nothing to do with uh, cows and donkeys, nothing to do with plowing. Whereas the fifth and final mitzvah of Shatnas is the Isra of Shot, excuse me, of Kilaim is the Isra of Shotness, which is wearing wool and linen, and they're really lumped together, like back to back, two psukim back to back. But the wool and linen Isra is very specific. It has to be dafka wool and linen um, garments. If you, I don't know what, if you wear like, you know, rayon or silk and cotton or whatever, and wool and linen, it wouldn't, wouldn't, with wool or with linen, it's not a problem. Very specifically, just wool and linen together. Oh, there's a bunch of things mixed, it's okay? As long as as long as two of the bunch aren't wool and linen, you're okay. Oh, well, yeah. no, I'm saying I'm saying wool and cotton or linen and and silk are not a problem. But Which you is, can't have wool, linen, no. and silk. So right, 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 right. Well, this correct. Two of them are in there. It's not. It's right, not, right. We'll discuss a little bit that, that complexity of that if, when it gets. So there's some what ifs, weird case like that. But correct. Wool is from sheep, obviously. Yeah. Linen is from cotton, right? No, linen is from is from flax. So flax is a is a plant. Yeah, it's a plant. Can't cross them, right? So that's the gist of it. Yeah, there's there's some. Why that would be? Uh, again, so first of all, it's the chok, clearly. Um, there are midrashim that are interesting. They talk about how um, they ascribe it's back to Kain and Hevel. That Kain and Hevel. So so one so uh, in the, so one was a farmer and one was a like one was a, far, a planting farmer. One was an animal husbandry, like a shepherd. What do you want to call that? Uh, what are they called? They're called whatever shepherd. It's not the word I want, but anyways, in a pastoral. That's what. Anyways, yeah. So, and they brought both. Brought both. Brought their carbonos. One brought flax seeds, says the Mishnah, and one brought uh, uh, sheep. Um, 
and that didn't turn out so good. So that, that, so that, that there's a connection to, there's an association with that. It seems, I, I think, in, yeah, there's, there's, you can look there for more, that's what's going on over there. Um, it seems that in, what I'm saying now, I didn't see anyone say, so like maybe it's nonsense, but it, in antiquity, until the industrial, until today, but in certainly pre-industrial societies, there were two ways to go about we talked about being an agricultural society, but really there are two modes of, of survival. There were um, the farmers who were sort of um, permanently st- stuck in a place, and there were the pastoralists, like there were animal raisers who were sort of roamed from place to place. Right? Well, no, I'm not hunter-gatherers. Af- wait, I'm not talking hunter-gatherers. I'm talking about, talking about, I'm talking about like, well, agricultural peoples. Like, you know, like the, the, like the Bedouins you have here. The Bedouins here, they basically slept their sheep around the country, around and around and around. Other people, they know. So it's two different, two different modes of living. And that, in antiquity, those, that was what went on. There are two different, like, pre-industrial civilizations had those two approaches to survival. Sort of these nomadic animal herders or these, you know, um, sedentary, you know, plants, you know, farmers. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm just, that's, what I said to you is true. That's definitely true. Um, but in terms of you talking about the animal versus plant things, it seems there were two modes of life back then. So these things might have been more um, significant to them than to I mean, what I mean is, there might have been a significance to these two modes that is not ringing with us. That's all I mean. We think, when I say farm, you probably think both plants and animals. You think it's all the same, right, on the farm. But the modern farm was not the antiquity farm. And I think that's probably the... Probably the Torah's sort of dichotomy there of Kain and Hevel, sort of, there were two modes from the very beginning of, of supporting yourself. They were all living subsistence, living, like living from you know, hand to mouth, but was it through plants or through animals? There was two sort of two modes. In any case, that's sort of beyond. But your point well taken, it's, it's a, a plant. Linen, um, pishtan, comes from a plant, and semer, wool, comes from an animal. Good. So those are our five mitzvahs. That's the topic of our Masechta. Um, in the letter I sent, the email I sent out, you can see the Kalt, the Pesukimar, and the Mitzvah mitzvahs and so. In terms of structure of the Masechta, it's actually quite misudar. It's conveniently orderly, especially orderly. The first parak is sort of a bit of a hodgepodge telling you forbidden mixtures. It gives a bit of an introduction to te- taxonomy. It's a quite... The word, okay, the word taxonomy, when I'm throwing around as if it's such a normal word to throw around, is got to do with um, cla- classification. Taxonomy is class classification. Yeah, I don't have a better word than that. So t- taxonomic systems could be, you could classify languages, you could classify. Uh, anyway, so um, in, our, in our 21st century scientific view, we use the taxonomy that was set up by Linnaeus, was his name? It doesn't matter. He, the system, if you remember, if you remember from good old biology way back when, I learned kings play chess on plenty of green stools. Do you remember that? That was for kingdoms, phylums, class. No? It doesn't really matter. Anyways, the Torah is a very, this is kind of important because I was gonna, it's going to rub you the wrong way throughout if you don't get this clear. The, animals are animals and plants. I mean, sorry. Things are things. Like, they're not, there's no, there's no, the Torah, the, there's no, Intrinsic way to divide up things necessarily. There, you know how. It, you know, it's the most obvious. Like you probably butter your heads up against last time. Is let's say like a whale. Should a whale be classified as with the other swimming things like sharks and fish, or does a whale be classified with like you know cows and and rhinoceroses? So I think that so the Torah certainly lumps together 
whales with other swimming things, the fish and the sharks. Whereas for some reason, which I don't get into the second, but Linnaeus and the following people after him, they decided to lump whales, for example, as an example, with the rhinoceros and the cows. Okay, that, for whatever their reasons are. Okay, and so the a lot of that has to do a lot of the modern day taxonomy, scientific taxonomy, has to do with um, genetics and has to do with um, uh, like evolutionary theory and has to do with um, this underlying like you know skeletal structure of these creatures and so on and so forth. As, and other things too, like how they you know. So an example, mammals. Mammals is just an example. So mammals are creatures they define, they decide to have arbitrary criteria. The mammals are creatures that are, to survive, they basically keep a body's constant body temperature, um, as opposed to cold-blooded creatures. Oh, oh, oh. Mammals are quite unique in that regard, um, and hence they have fur, and they typically nurse their young. So that's, the, 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 yeah, they bear alive and they nurse their young, yeah. So that's, became okay, mammals. So whales fit into that category. Whales um, are warm-blooded as opposed to, let's say, fish and sharks, which aren't, and they nurse their young, give birth to live, live uh, baby whales, um, and therefore they've been, and their body structure and body plan is quite similar to, they have little hair, they do have hair, yeah, little hair, not much, the hair is gone, not much left, but it doesn't serve, doesn't serve much purpose in the water, right, in any case, but they do, so, but they're exceptions, even if, had, even if there's not a single, if you tell me, well, like, something or other, like ductal platypus which lays eggs, or if you tell me there's some porpoise that has got a shred of hair on it, it doesn't change anything, they're considered to be mammals because they're more like this whole body plan slash mode of survival. Like, they look at it as being central. Like the warm-bloodedness is sort of, they look at it as being central. But they're still fish. They're not fish. They're not fish. They're not, in the botanical, they're dug. They're dug, so that, that's, that's what I'm getting to. Right. So there's, there's no, there's, so the science went about its way of having some standardized classification system, which serves the purposes. And they want mammals to be defined where they are, and therefore the whales get pulled out the water and become part of the rest of the, the mammals on land. Um, whereas the Torah looks at other criteria, which I think are much more um, morphological, that means just their external body structure. Um, and whales look like fish a lot more, they look like hippopotamuses. So, and, um, and also their, hippopotamus is probably a bad example, by the way. But anyways, for what it's worth. Uh, but anyways, but, and, uh, and also their, their um, the Torah looks at also like sort of their, like their, their habitat. The Torah really wants domains. The Torah wants to look at things as being like there's a, a sky domain, there's a terrestrial domain, and there's like a water domain. It really wants that set up. So presumably with the fish, right? That's about, yeah. Um, so anyways, so the, the Torah has a setup, which is more simplistic, okay? Um, and probably not very detailed. I, I, I remember there's a, I think, I think, Tanibir um, Eliyahu, I think, or, let me think, one second, let me think if I can remember where I saw it. Where did I see it? Or maybe Mishnah Velazar. Maybe Mishnah Velazar says that 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 there's um that Velazar that says that um whatever wherever it is doesn't matter. Remember this list. There were 365 species for Noah's Ark. Much more simplified thing. So it means like there'd be a one. Who said? Is a Mishnah that says? I think maybe it's Avaster of Nasa. Maybe that's right. So no, I think. 365. I think so. Yeah. 
so, yeah, but it's also very simplified. In other words, when I say, when I, if you ask, I think the most, um, the species with the most, uh, I mean, the, the family with the most species is the, no, one second, is the, is the beetles. 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 Is that it? Yeah, one second. Phylum. Yeah, be- <laughs> the beetles, I think, if you, you can Google it somewhere. I think there's like 800,000 types of beetles or something ridiculous like that, right? Something stupid like that, right? I think, I think, I think in, in animals, land animals, there's like, things like 5,000 or something like that. You can look up the numbers. Land, mammals. Land mammals, I think, is around 5,000, give or take, whatever, plus or minus 150%, I don't know exactly. And, and I think beetles were like hundreds of thousands. That's just arbitrary. They decide to differentiate between, you know, and... and so, but I, I mean, when we look at, even in the, in the land... You know, we look at beetles, of course, one. For us, a beetle is a beetle. We don't have to differentiate between rhinoceros beetles and Hercules beetles and West Sting beetles. Um, and the same goes, and the same goes with big animals. Like we just, a bird to us is more or less a bird and a, and a fish is more or less a fish. And a, and, you know, but they are much more specific. Like there's like five species of zebra, whatever the story is, you know what I'm saying? They have subspecies. In any case, the Torah seems to have much, for obvious reasons, a much less complex um, taxonomy. The, for, now, why am I telling this whole story? Because the first paragraph of the Masechta will discuss with which animals and plants are kilaim. So it would be kilaim if they're considered to be sufficiently different. So by saying that this and that are not kilaim, which is basically the, the whole first paragraph that says this and that are not kilaim, what the Torah is saying is they're close enough together. Okay? Now, the examples the Mishnah will give are quite uh, not always intuitive to us because they're going primarily... It seems like for plants, they went on three criteria. Number one, the morphology, that's like the shape of the leaves. Number two, the, the shape of the fruit. And number three, the taste of the fruit. The Rambam, so the Rambam sets down the rules like this. He says if the shape of the fruit and the shape of the leaves are essentially the same, then even if the taste is a little different, they're still not kilim. They're still not kilim. But if their shape of the fruit and shape of the leaves are similar but not exactly the same, they're just close, then they have to taste the same. So you see that whatever, the tools they're using to assess same or different species is pretty uh, gross, but not, not very refined, not really refined tools. I don't think they had better. In any case, so how you apply all that to Basmanazah, I don't exactly know. Misha gives examples. It's very difficult to extrapolate. You'll see. Okay? So after this new fruit is created, there's like The tangela business, yeah. yeah. Is that now more time to grow from the Yeah, the yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. You could grow more tangelo plants from here. From those seeds without any problem. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And obviously, you know. Any of them, yeah, no problem. You just can't do it. Yeah. Science is classifying whales as not fish. It has to be, I assume, if you want to look at criteria, using the concept of evolution to put that together. Because how else do you say that a fish is the same? Or something in the water. It's always in the water. It's the same. Something, something yeah, it's, 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 it's like goes part and parcel with, it goes part and parcel with, um, like, evolution, but fish seem to have, I mean, so, in other words, I'll just sort of just super simplify it, if, I'll just super simplify it, fish swim and have body plans, long and skinny and, like, you know, hydrodynamic, like whales, fine, but but fish have, are cold-blooded and lay eggs, and well, I'm just repeating myself, I know, and whales are warm-blooded and have, and have, Live babies. So now, which are the more salient criteria to 
classify. That, that's, I'm sorry, just that's the gist of it. The Torah says. Okay, but why is, why is that the essential criteria? I don't know. I get it, I get it. So that, that, and I'm with, the Torah is with you on that, but uh, I'm just saying, but that's not, I don't know why that should be the end all and be all of defining what if something's a species or not. If you take a look at it, if you look at a whale skeleton, you're going to see like, oh, that looks a lot like, you know, other land creature skeletons, whereas you look, as opposed to a fish skeleton, for example. Right? They have like, what they essentially look like arms. And even like spurs look like legs, like the beginnings of legs. So if you look like a, like a walrus, a wal- or even if, or even if you look at like a, I don't know, whatever, they look, they have they, their body plan about the same. So it sure looks like they came from from if you, in the evolutionary picture, it looks like they came from land creatures. They're related. But if you don't know what, if, even if you forget, even if you assume they were all created simultaneously with a snap of a finger, so to speak, but the body plan, the body plan, and the Metabolic pathways. Getting, being warm blooded is not is not just a small, like, on off. It's like the whole, the whole way the whole the whole system's working radically differently. You know, if you're if you're if you're warm blooded, and allows you to do certain things that cold blooded creatures can't do, etc. It's like a bunch of warm bloodedness and cold bloodedness isn't just like a simple little thing. I mean, the whole the way the entire metabolism, the whole way the whole body is working is, you know, internally totally different to to have regulating. It. In any case, so. That's why it's sort of... So. Some things are hard, like, like platypus. It doesn't matter. Some, many, many creatures are hard to necessarily compa- like, stick into a particular box. It doesn't matter. But for Kilima, it would matter. I just don't know how to answer the question. In other words, the, the Torah will say, we'll talk about foxes and, and dogs and, and, uh, and uh, wolves. That we'll, we'll talk about. Is, but then if you want to ask me about... I don't know what what's with a coyote or a dingo or a jackal. Uh, jackals, actually, I mentioned probably. But to, I don't know, like where you draw the wild, wild dogs, what we call wild dogs, domesticated. I, I, you know, I don't know. And then, then, you know, in the modern conception, like a big fat, you know, Great Dane and a little poodle, they're the same species exactly. I don't know if the Torah would like that one bit. I have no idea. I, I, I have no way to say. Those seem to be a lot more different than other things. But, anyways. For what it's worth, in the the usual definition of a species, a species—that's like the last—is that they can cross-breed. That's usually the definition. That's modern, yeah, yeah, in mod, the tor- scientific definition of a species. If they if they can have babies, yeah. If they if they're able to, if they're able to, okay. If they're able to, they're the same species. They're the same species. That's, that's scientific. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the, the well, can't rule of thumb. Wolves cross-breed? They can. And I think, and I believe, dong, the wolves are. They're all canids, and I think they even. Not even sure if they're. Uh, I know all dogs and all, all are all the same for sure, the same species. I'm not sure if wolves are even a different genus or the same. I'm not, I'm, yeah, yeah, I have to look and see how they do it. But there are, by the way, that's a rule of thumb. But there are even so, in the same way, you can like a a lion and a tiger can make a liger. That can happen. And but I think other times they're different species, but they happen to be able to make babies. Like I don't think Sandy correct. You can Google it also. I don't think that um, horses and donkeys are actually the same species. They're different species. They just happen to be able to cross breed, and that's why you actually need like a bit of whatever. There's oftentimes the reason why these animals are um, sterile is because like the number of chromosomes don't match up exactly. It's off by two and stuff like that. Anyways, you know, a lot of it's a, it's a complicated world out there, and everyone's everyone you know from the Torah has a system, but you know, everyone since Aristotle on down is trying to make sense of the system, not on a you know based on new theories on how to. 
compartmentalize. Okay, anyway, the Torah system has got its own system. That's the long story short. So it is, th- those questions would be relevant if you're an animal breeder but, or an animal, you know, but, uh, not for us. Okay, that's that. Then the, that's the first pair. Then the second two prakim, and two and three, are kilai zraim, forbidden planting of seeds. Then basically four to seven are dealing with kilai kerim. Defining what a kerim is is very complicated, you'll see. And the area around the kerim or where the kerim extends to, those are the complicated prakim. Um, then the eighth parak is the animals, and the ninth parak is shanas. That's a long story short. So that's the structure of the masechda. Okay? Tov. So, great. That's my hadama, which you have in your inbox. So we can start the masechda. I actually... I don't remember how I did it last time through, but I'm going to actually just send just read the eyes scroll for the first parak here. You'll see why. I decided it's not edifying. I decided you're not going to walk away feeling any smarter, especially when you write these Mishnayas because they are too technical. Anyway, so I'm going to use the art scroll translations. It's a long list of animals and plants and if, if they're, if they're kilim or not. So I'll use the Archival's translation. The actual identity of these plants and animals is mighty contentious. Um, the art scroll did their best to translate the Barthanuras, which is our hero, so we'll stick with that. That's fine. Um, I'm, not even, I'm sure last one did. Our art scroll brings down other sheets of what these things might be. Okay, there's lots of opinions. A lot of times, you have to remember... These are plants and animals in Eretz Yisrael. So if you're some region sitting in France and there are no plants like that or no animals like that in your region, you're sort of stuck, right? I mean, you of course would lose the Mussar on what this thing's referring to because like, you don't even know how to, I don't even know what tool you would have to describe it. I mean, I'm not losing Mussar as much as like, what, there's nothing like that around here. So unless they made careful pictures and they pass on the pictures from generation to generation, then they'd have to, of course, I'm going to lose it. And plants, of course, are not interesting, and so therefore their identity is lost often. In any case, I'll read the Mishnah inside here.